بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا كبت للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Respected viewers, listeners, welcome to the Ilmfeed podcast. And today, Subhanallah, we have a special guest with us that has come all the way from South Africa. Our very own Gary Ziad Patel, Subhanallah. You may have heard of him on YouTube. All over the internet, mashallah. What a beautiful Quran reciter. And today, Gary Ziad is with us at the Ilmfeed Podcast Studios, mashallah. So, without further ado, let's bring Gary Ziad in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hafiz Dr. Abdul Samad, Jazakallah khairan for the opportunity. And it's a wonderful experience to be on Ilmfeed. We've been hearing a lot about Ilmfeed. And now to really be here in the studios is indeed an accolade, alhamdulillah. Indeed, indeed. Before we start, uh, Gary Ziad, how is the great British weather? Subhanallah, what can I say, you know? Every time I come here, I'll, I'll release one of, some, one of my secrets. I'm always making dua for snow, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, we from Africa, we hardly see snow. And as you grow up through life, you know, you always have this wish to see snow. So every time I come to the UK... Uh, we make dua, we see some snow at least. <laughs> and it keeps us in sync with the great British weather. SubhanAllah. And uh, at the moment in South Africa, I take it the weather is quite extreme. Yeah, we're experiencing some heat waves. We are experiencing some heat waves. But we do find that the summers have been delayed. We are now noticing this. So with the climate change, yeah, it seems as if climate change is playing out. And we can see the same thing happening in the UK as well. Excellent, excellent. Okay, before we continue into our discussions, Gary Ziad, if we can have a recitation from the glorious Quran for the listeners and viewers of Ilmfeed. A'udhu billahi minash-shaytanir-rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim الورود إذ هم عليها قعود وهم على ما يفعلون بالمؤمنين شهود وما نقموا منهم إلا أن يؤمنوا بالله العزيز الحميد الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء شهيد إن الذين فتنوا المؤمنين والمؤمنات ثم لم يتوبوا فلهم عذاب جهنم ولهم عذاب الحريق إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات لهم جنات تجري تحتها الأنهار ذلك الفوز الكبير 
بطش رمك لشديد إنه هو يبدئ ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بني الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محفوظ صدق الله العظيم ما شاء الله ما شاء الله ما شاء الله what a beautiful recitation may Allah accept may Allah give us true understanding of the glorious Quran Ameen. and may Allah make us the people of the Quran I mean ما شاء الله today Kariziad is with us ما شاء الله at the Ilmfeed studios and today we will be discussing a few important matters that relate to our beautiful religion. Karija, uh, today I want to discuss two things. And the first thing is the Quran. And the other thing I'd like to discuss is charity. Mm. Now, as Muslims, we play vital roles in our communities. There's a lot we have to do. So I, I'd like to ask you questions and I'd like to ex- you to explain to the viewers and listeners how everyone can take part in these efforts. Mm. So firstly, a little bit about yourself because uh, many out there must have just listened to that recitation and thinking, wow, who is this guy? So <laughs> if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started off with the Quran, the love for the Quran, where you studied, who were your inspirations? And um, then, inshallah, we can take this further. Alhamdulillah, where do I start? You know, it's a very difficult question, subhanAllah, to speak about oneself. But perhaps let me start off by saying that from a young, early age, I, I just love the Qur'an and I love listening to the Qur'an. And I always say to young parents, we need to instill the love of the Qur'an and Kareem into the, the hearts of our children. How do we do that? It's up to us as parents to connect our children with the Qur'an. So when I was a young child, I remember we used to have different qurra from Egypt. You would, would come down to our local masjid. And, you know, subhanAllah, we would go out there, listen to them reciting the Qur'an al-Kareem. And at that time, you know, we used to have a lot of tapes, you know. And every, anyone coming from the from, uh, from Hajj or Umrah, they would bring tapes with them as gifts for us. And we would listen to these cassettes and tapes. And, you know, we would be in awe. And this is, it can be any human being. If you listen to the Qur'an al-Kareem with an open heart and a clean heart, then it has to touch you somewhere. It has to pull cords within the heart. And these are all the things which help us to eventually love the Qur'an. So Alhamdulillah, as a young child, I began to love the Qur'an al-Kareem and I always had this aspiration that I wanted to become a Qari. When I would look at other Qurra, I would always say to myself, one day, I want to become a Qari of the Qur'an al-Kareem. 
And Alhamdulillah, as we went into the maktab, you know, that's the first time when we start to learn the Quran Kareem, start to recite the Quran Kareem. And Alhamdulillah, you know, your aspirations, you're coming closer to your aspirations. Okay, and now Alhamdulillah, I'm actually in a position to recite the Quran Kareem. And then you take it further, you say, right now, I want to memorize the Quran Kareem. So Alhamdulillah, at the young, in the tender age of 11, I had the opportunity to begin the memorization of the Quran Kareem. And Alhamdulillah, I completed the memorization of the Quran Kareem three years later at the age of 14. And then I said to myself, now I would like to become an expert in the recitation of the Quran Kareem. You know, there's so much to the Jweed, it's such a deep field, and I need to gain some knowledge about this, and I need to gain some expertise and some training in this. So Alhamdulillah, at the age of 16, uh, I made my way to Egypt. I was a very young boy at that time. I went away all alone. And uh, I must be honest, that I must uh, take out my hat for my parents, uh, my mom and my grandmom in, in particular, that, you know, I mean, to let go of your 16-year-old child at that age, it, t it takes some courage from the parent as well. But nevertheless, they sent me, they didn't even know where they were sending me. Uh, some arrangements were, were made for me to be, be with certain shuyukh. And alhamdulillah, uh, every day I would sit at the feet of certain shuyukh and I would recite the Qur'an al-Kareem. Uh, they would teach us tajweed. They would teach us the presentation of how to recite the Qur'an al-Kareem. And then at that age of t 16, uh, you know, your, your vocal cords are still very young. And you know, you need to now start adapt, uh, adapting them to recite in a certain mode and in a certain style. You know, they say practice makes perfect. Mm. And ever since that age, I remember this was one of the things which were drilled down into us. You need to continue practicing. Practicing happens till the day you die. In the same way, how we learn or how we ought to learn from the cradle to the grave, in the same way, we need to practice from the cradle to the grave. Very, very, very important. One is we have ilm, but on the other hand, we also need to practice upon that ilm. One is we have expertise but we also need to make good use of the expertise in, 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 in the correct ways and the correct manners then alhamdulillah thereafter uh, I came back uh, I completed my schooling and then I wasn't still happy and I still had a, a greater thirst to continue and alhamdulillah we had the opportunity uh, to, to recite to recite at the feet of uh, one of the, uh, one of the world's most illustrious teachers of the Quran Kareem uh, in South Africa alhamdulillah we had the opportunity to recite at his feet and I spent a few years reciting at his feet and to be honest with you uh, till today till today when I'm in South Africa uh, I would still go and recite to some expert Qari at least twice or thrice a week I would go off to, uh, over to some expert Qari and try and recite the, the Quran Kareem with regards to my hives yes I studied my hives in South Africa and uh, Alhamdulillah I must be honest with you you know uh, sometimes uh, the methods which have been used in the subcontinent the methods which have originated from the subcontinent with regards to teaching hivs subhanallah these are very very good methods and very strong methods and helps us till today to make sure that the quran Kareem has been embossed in our memories but i must be honest with you i must be honest with you whatever we have achieved whatever we have achieved is not from us is not from us it is only through the duas of our parents undoubtedly the du'as and the efforts of our ustads we would have never ever been sitting here in this position today if it were not for the efforts and the du'as of our ustads and, and uh, you know and that in that point uh, we've seen students we've seen students that have come in who are extremely uh, intelligent you know who topped uh, the 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 class uh, in the in the uh, final year of school you know who've taken accolades and awards uh, in the uh, on, on a national level they would come to madrasa and they would feel that they were better than the ustad they would feel this person hails from some other continent he can't he can't even speak the language properly what does he know i i know a bit more than him unfortunately we've seen this with our own eyes such students 
did not complete the Quran. They did not complete the Quran. Mm. So I always make it. I always state this point. I always maintain and I emphasize this point. It's not about how intelligent you are. It's not about how intelligent. It, it's about your heart, and it's about how much you want to connect to the Quran Kareem. Everyone will have an equal opportunity with the Quran Kareem. In today's time, you're seeing people, people who we we may deem as backward. Or sometimes people who have certain disabilities, or whatever it may be, or certain physical challenges, whatever it may be, mental challenges. But there are people who have been seeing this, who are also now completing the memorization of the Quran Karim and also reciting the Quran Karim very, very eloquently. So whatever we have achieved is undoubtedly only the du'as of our stars. If I can ask, guys, uh, an interesting uh, story there, Subhanallah. If I can ask, how old are you at the moment? Subhanallah, how old do you think I am? <laughs> I'd say about 25. Subhanallah, subhanallah, <laughs> subhanallah, mashallah. I think you need to add on maybe about 13 years to that. <laughs> subhanallah. So at this age, you are still going to madrasa to practice and learn your Quran? Very important. Every morning, I go for Salat al-Fajr. After Salat al-Fajr, I go to a Hifz class. I would recite maybe a Jews or so. And thereafter, we would listen to the children and then take their lessons for the day, uh, listen to the uh, revision, re- revision and so on. Wow. So that's very important for us to play some role in that, in, in, in that way. So that, that's a powerful message for people out there. Because sometimes you think that once you're over the age of 16, you can't go to madrasa or you can't learn or you, you might not feel that it's appropriate. But the beauty of Islam is that until our last breath, we can be students. Undoubtedly. And in the evenings, uh, when I go to a young Qari, Qari Huzaifa bin Ayyub Ishaq, when I go off to him, he's much younger than me. He's much younger than me. But I make sure that I sit in front of him correctly, attentively, with respect, with adab, and I recite to him. And uh, he's the one who will now check on me to see, okay, maybe some things need attention, uh, some makharij needs some attention. I've even found that uh, some of the shuyuf from, from the haram, some of the imams of the haram, uh, till today, they would travel to certain expert shuyukh just before the month of Ramadan to recite the Quran Karim to make sure they nutq, to make sure the uh, pronunciations and the tajweed is all in order. So it's a never-ending process. It's a never-ending process. Excellent. Before I move on to the charity aspect, uh, Gariziad, um, I want to ask you about your voice. Because, <laughs> subhanAllah, if I have something cold to drink or something heavy, it can affect my voice. Hmm. How do you protect your voice, especially in conditions like the Great British weather? How would <laughs> you protect yourself? Is there something that you're not allowed to eat? Or what, what advice would you give to a youngster out there that mm. wants to become a Qari or wants to recite the Quran like yourself? Well, you know, many people ask us, you know, and how do you preserve your voice? And uh, trust me, till today, I myself, I'm trying to figure this out as well. But yes, over the years, you do learn a few things. And, uh, you know, one thing, they say the poison of the voice is, is cold or cold drinks or cold items, you know, or cold commodities. This is the poison of the voice. But then we are all human beings, and especially when it gets very, very hot, we would like to enjoy a cool, cool drink or a cool juice. You know, we would like to enjoy this. But the general rule is before any recital, you know, before any recital, at least at least for a day or so before, then you try and stay away from all of these cold uh, items and cold drinks and so on. That's very, very, very important. Also, it's good to lubricate the voice now and again with, uh, with some kind of uh, honey water. Honey has many, many qualities of shifa in there. And if you speak to some of the world-renowned Qurra, 
they'll say to you that honey water still works still today. So some of these little remedies here and there, I mean, they still have effect and we need to, to practice upon that. Uh, you know, um, as you get older, as you get older, you, you, you tend to lose some of the high notes and the low notes. So for example, just to make it easy, if a person looks at a keyboard, uh, the right, the, the notes on the, on the right-hand side, I mean, those are all the high notes and the, lows, the notes on the, on the left-hand side are all the low notes. As you get older, you begin to lose the ones on the extreme right and the extreme left okay. and you end up with something just in, in the middle. Then again, how do you now, uh, how do you complement this? How do you complement this? And that can only be complemented through practice. So you need to continue with what you have. But it's important we need to preserve our vocal cords. Uh, there are other techniques, there are other tactics. But the top one is stay away from cold things. And the second thing is we should be practicing all the time. Excellent. I remember um, to the listeners and viewers of Ilmfeed, the year 2000, uh, in my local masjid, there's a poster outside the masjid that today there's a program with Gary Ziad Patel from South Africa and this was after Maghrib and um, I said to my wife that I'm going to this program today I don't know who he is but let's go so I went to the masjid and um, subhanallah uh, when you recited the Quran I still remember that feeling where you touched the chords in my heart subhanallah, subhanallah. and I thought wow wow this is beautiful and um, straight after that program finished I remembered your name and a cousin of mine was visiting South Africa a few weeks after. So I said to him, if you find a CD of this person or a cassette, bring it for me. Subhanallah, subhanallah. And he came back and he bought your CD and your email was at the back. And I contacted you and you replied. And thereafter, uh, we've known each other, subhanallah. This is the blessing of the Quran, subhanallah. You know, uh, through the fazl of Allah, azawajal, it is only through the Quran, Kareem, we've met uh, personalities and individuals like yourself across the globe. And you know, the Qur'an really has opened doors for us. The Qur'an Kareem has really brought immense amount of blessings in my life. And for anyone out there, if you're looking for blessings, that's the way to go. Go towards the Qur'an Kareem and you'll find beautiful friends like uh, Dr. Hafiz of the Samad, mashallah. Subhanallah. May Allah accept Gary uh, Ziyad. May Allah protect you always. Ameen, ameen, and uh, may Allah give you the ability to inspire people all over the world. Because I do know that you get called from every country. And subhanAllah, we are very fortunate uh, here in the UK and today in Ilmfeed that you're here. SubhanAllah. May Allah bless you always. Ameen. Now, if we can just touch upon the charity side of things, because subhanAllah, the ummah at large does a lot of charity work. Hmm. But I strongly believe, and yourself as well, that charity begins at home. Mm. And we have to first support our own communities, not just help people around the world. Yes, subhanAllah, there's a need all over, wherever we look, Yemen, Syria, Palestine, wherever we look, there's a need. But if we're not helping our own neighbors in our communities, then we're not fulfilling the right of a Muslim. 100%. And as an organization, the Alimdad Foundation, of which you're a trustee, you emphasized heavily on local work. And I remember... Seven, eight years ago, when we started the Alimdad Foundation in the UK, the first thing you told me is to help our local people. Mm, mm. And mashallah, Ilmfeed is doing some great work as well, covering the work. And with their support, mashallah, the word is spreading all over the world. Mm, mm. But, Gary Ziedpeta, if you can explain to the viewers and listeners um, the importance of local work. And remember, some people may not have money. Yeah. Can they still help people? 
if they don't have money. Undoubtedly. Yeah, with regards to this, it's been my call and it's been my cry for a, for a very long time. Uh, wherever I've been throughout the world, I've always been stressing to local communities that we need to first invest in our local communities. We need to uplift our communities around us. And some people will turn around and say, but there's no poverty within our communities. I would say, yeah, maybe there's no poverty within the communities, but there seems to be poverty in the heart, meaning there are a lot of people that are suffering from depression. Mm. There are a lot of people that just need some company. There are a lot of people that just need to see somebody smile at them. You know, so charity work has many different facets to it. It's not only about physical relief. You can also have it in spiritual relief. You can have it in emotional relief. There are different facets of charity work. And we as Muslims and we as Muslims, uh, uh, means we need to be holistic in our approach to charity work. The notion that charity is only about giving, giving food and giving water, yeah, that's what makes up charity. But there are also other very, very important aspects of charity. So Alhamdulillah, uh, whether it's been here, whether it's been in South Africa, whether it's been in Chile, whether it's been in Barbados, wherever we've been visiting, we've been telling people we owe it to our local communities. We have to plow back into our local communities. That's very, very, very important. So what can we look at or how do we go? How do we approach this? Very, very simple. If there's a natural disaster, immediately we as Muslims, we as Mu'mins, we are dictated. We are dictated by our deen that we need to be in the front line. To be. We, we are the best. We are the best of nations. We should be in the front line to, uh, to, to, to be helping people, to be assisting people. Uh, whenever there's something good which is going to be happening, we as Mu'min and we as Muslims, we should be taking the front role, the initiative, the lead role. And this is very, very important. So yes, if there's any natural disasters, we need to respond. In times of non-crisis situations, what can we do? A simple project, a simple project by gathering the youth together, channeling the energies, channeling their passions into correct avenues and correct lines of, of the, these kind of uh, projects is fantastic. What stops us from taking them to go visit an orphanage? Let them spend some time in the orphanage. What stops us from taking our youth to the local hospital or to a local frail care centre? Imagine those old people living in the frail care centre who are yearning for some kind of company. And yeah, alhamdulillah, a whole lot of youngsters come through. You know, they come with a few little gifts. You know, they come with some smiles. They come with some hugs. How will we uplift and motivate those those people living in, 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 in those frail care centers. Sure. So, you know, we need to recondition our minds as to how we're going to be approaching uh, charity work. And undoubtedly, in today's times, we need to show uh, we need to show the people, where, wherever we live, whatever, whichever countries we live in, we need to show the people the goodness of what Muslims have. We need to manifest uh, our goodness and we need to present it to them. And this is something which which is the best tool of da'wah. This is the best tool of da'wah. How many times we've heard of people that have turned to the deen after seeing the character of good Muslims? You're absolutely right. If you go back three years, December 2015, mm. when the floods hit Cumbria, and uh, we were there within 24 hours to help the residents there. And this area, no Muslims were affected. Mm, mm. When we first got there, I remember speaking to you in the middle of the night, saying that there's a flood here, what do we do? And you said, go. Mm. Go mm. with your teams and go. And um, when we first got there, Garizyad, the residents there were just looking at us. They were shocked. Mm. That there's Muslims here. What have they come from? Subhanallah. Because you know, from our outer look, they know that we're Muslim. Yeah. So they were a bit um, apprehensive, a bit scared to approach us. But then, when we said that we've come to help you, 
we've bought food for you we've bought water for you we've bought some blankets for you mm. and mm. we've come to clean your houses subhanallah subhanallah straight away they embraced us and we were there for three weeks in that yep. region and we got all the mosques together all the communities together yeah, yeah. just to go and help clean these houses i remember on the first day we were walking the streets of cumbria an old lady uh, unfortunately because of the media uh, she wasn't very uh, fond of Muslims. So as we were walking, she swore, she swore at one of our volunteers. I said to the volunteer, leave it, just smile and walk away. Mm. After three weeks, that same lady came looking for us. Subhanallah, subhanallah. And she came to apologize. Wow. She says, I did not know what Muslims were. And yeah. today I came specially looking for you. It took me two hours to find you. But I have come to apologize. Allah Allah. And that was just because we helped, showed compassion, care, yeah. and it touched yeah. her heart. And I always say the only way we're going to undo the negative sentiments of, from the media is by displaying our good character. And the only way we can display our good character is through these noble initiatives and projects where, we, where we're going to reach out directly into these communities. Anyone, anywhere, this is my motto in life. Anyone, anywhere, irrespective of race, religion, creed, culture, geographical boundaries, if a person is in distress or pain, I want to be there and we want to be there to help alleviate that pain and the suffering of that individual. If we keep this principle in life, you will see it will unlock so much more goodness. It will unlock so many hearts towards us, inshallah. A few weeks ago, Karizyad, um, you mentioned the care homes, the old mm. age homes. Mm. We took groups from the local mosques to care homes to deliver blankets and put smiles on people's faces. Um, we went to a care home and once we gave the blanket, the senior carer came up to us and she said, one of the users here, one of the uh, old age person here, nobody has come to visit this lady for four years. Allah Akbar. And when she saw a Muslim child mm. come to her with a blanket, she was in tears. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. So there's so much we can do as a community. And a blanket costs £10. Exactly. And you know, also many at times, uh, many youth, they want to do some kind of uh, relief work, humanitarian work. They want to get involved. And we say to them, there's no need uh, for you to leave the borders of your country to go and do humanitarian work and relief work. Leave that for the experts in the field because, I mean, there's a lot of complex situations and we need uh, qualified humanitarian practitioners to administer those kind of relief projects. Yes, our youth, we need to get them involved within our countries. Mm. Relief work should start at home. And I'm, I purely and firmly believe that when our youth want to get involved in, 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 in relief work and relief projects, let's first start them here at home. Get them used to doing relief work at home. It's not about always jumping on a plate and a plane and going to some part of the world and trying to help somebody there. Charity begins at home. As the famous English proverb goes, charity begins at home. So let's get our youth involved in projects here at home. And every one of us, we have a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility to uplift our communities, our society, our country. We have to be patriotic. Mm -hmm. We have to be patriotic. You know, uh, whether you may be living in the United States of America or whether you live here in the UK or whether you live in Timbuktu or South Africa, you have to be patriotic to the country that you live in. This is what should be making us up. Inshallah, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said the best of mankind are those who benefit mankind. Yes. And 
each and every one listening and viewing this can benefit mankind in such a way it won't cost nothing just smile mm. at someone you're walking in the streets you see an old lady an old man smile at them you know another thing what i would like to say is that many people would feel you know i will i'm not cut out for humanitarian work you know in whichever field you find yourself in whether it may be in the, in the media fraternity or the legal fraternity the medical fraternity you can use your expertise you can use your position or your platform to help people in one way or another subhanallah today we are here at ilm feed i've been following ilm feed over the last few years and subhanallah i've been mesmerized by their fantastic initiatives alhamdulillah here they are providing a platform just to spread goodness to only spread goodness giving a platforms uh, to to individuals and personalities that they may inspire other people so i would call this ilm feed inspiration feed subhanallah subhanallah uh, but before we move on and before we wrap up today's program uh, gary ziad 2019 is around the corner mm. 2018 has gone so fast uh, what are the plans for 2019 what are you looking forward to inshallah as we will see what happens we'll we'll accept it you, you do know our work is very dynamic you know i mean just a few days ago we had the volcanic tsunami which battered indonesia so we're looking at that very 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 closely then again you know in south africa you know we we live in a poverty stricken country so we have different projects which have been outlined but we made dua to allah azawajal that he takes us to new horizons and new countries and let us meet new people as well Amen. but abisa uh, i'm not going to let you get away that easily <laughs> alhamdulillah you know uh, this is a, indeed an accolade it's an accolade that alhamdulillah you've been conferred with a doctorate and i think one of the re- main reasons that you you were conferred with this doctorate is because of your initiatives regarding the youth regarding the youth here in the UK and by putting together certain projects and you know uh, offering them certain platforms to channel their energies and their passions in helping uh, humanity in this part of the world alhamdulillah you've been recognized for that but you know uh, just to end off on the duas of the of a parent to end off on the duas of a parent i remember you did share this with me you know that your parents always made dua always made dua that you know that allah would uh, accept you in something but unfortunately what do you call it you 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 didn't have the full opportunity uh, to go out and uh, and uh, go to university or or, or completely uh, maybe can you just tell us a bit about this you know i'm getting a bit lost and muffled here and there uh, i'm just trying to pick up the little bits you know you've been so humble uh, but today we're going to put you in the spotlight as well you in the hot seat so please uh, can you just explain this entire scenario for us a little bit of that part of your life and how all of that played out that alhamdulillah allah has now honored you uh with a uh, uh, with a doctorate you know you've been conferred with a doctorate from a reputable university please explain to us it will inspire so, myself and so many more so uh, no, i don't usually share this i did tell you but um i had to put you in the hot seat <laughs> my brother alhamdulillah you've had me on the hot seat for at least 30 minutes so i <laughs> needed to i thought i was interviewing you this reciprocate no so when it's um it's it may inspire some people out there um as we were teenagers i'm the eldest of my brothers yeah. my siblings yeah. and um my father he never had a secure job mm. he was struggling to raise us and it was difficult and i was watching and you notice things yes, yes. even though they never complain so Allah at the Allah. age of 16 uh, obviously i became half is i left school i wanted to go to college mm. all my friends everyone's going college and my mom says to me that i would prefer that you do not go to college and you find a job allah because your father's struggling yeah so it was very hard for me at that time because all of my friends are saying we're going this college when are you going to register mm, mm. so i thought to myself 
let me respect my mother's wish and let me find a job. And Alhamdulillah, within two days, I managed to find a job. MashaAllah. And um, my friends were a bit upset. And my heart was with them, but I thought my mother comes first. So I, I listened to her wish and I found a job. And my father did want me to go into further education. Mm, mm. He wanted me to... I would to feel all parents have this aspiration for their children. They wanted me to have degrees, etc., my father. But because of the situation, I didn't go to college or university. But then I, I started work, got married, and throughout my life I've been working. And then in around eight years ago, Alim Dad comes along. And yourself, you presented the opportunity. And... Um, since then obviously we do a lot of work get everyone involved and recently in september uh, got awarded the doctorate from the university mm. of spain so my mother was saying to me that i made so many duas for you when you started that job that today you have been given this recognition even though you haven't been to college or university allahu akbar allahu akbar but I must be honest with you, Alhamdulillah, you are our country director. And I uh, know, mashallah, Allah has really accepted you. you. You've really taken the organization to, to great heights. And uh, wallah, subhanAllah, I know for the benefit of the viewers and the listeners out there, when Hafiz Abdul Samad conducts a meeting, especially our board meetings, and I just sit back and I say, wow, <laughs> this guy seems to be having like triple MBA, mashallah, you know. <laughs> uh, subhanAllah, so, so professional, you know, so up to date, you know. Uh, mashallah, so corporate, subhanAllah. Uh, you've got the, the heart as well into it and very, very, very professional with all the flow charts and everything. So how by the, how did you learn all of these uh, uh, corporate techniques? Uh, did you go for some other training on the side or how did you pick it up? No, I, I just, you know, obviously we try our best to be professional at all times. Mashallah. But I always say to people out there that if you've got your parents' du'as with you yeah. and your ustad, your teacher's du'as, you will go a long way. Mm. And uh, through their efforts, their sacrifices, you know, inshallah, we can prosper, we can go further. Um, and the main thing is sincerity. Mm, if mm. you do things for the pleasure of Allah, you will go far. Yeah. yeah if you're yeah. going to do things to show people yes. and your intentions are wrong, it won't last. Yeah, yeah. And on the day of Qiyamah, you know, Allah will say, you did it to show such a person, go to that person. Allah Akbar. So, you know, may Allah, Allah keep us all sincere. Allah may Allah protect us, us all. Amen. And may Allah accept what we do and spread goodness as much as we can. Yeah. Life is very short. Yeah. Life is very short. Mansoor that works in our office, mm. Mansoor, subhanAllah, mm. he always reminds me that yeah. life is short. Yeah. And he has Down syndrome. Allah and he sits Allah. next to me and reminds me. So, you know, we, we, we know life is short. Today we're here, tomorrow we may not be. Mm. Let's do as much good as we can. Correct. Let's put smiles on people's yeah. faces and let's spread Islam positively. Yeah, I always say wherever we live in the world or wherever we visit in the world, we need to respect the, the law of the land. We need to respect the traditions. We need to have a great sense of, of tolerance. Uh, we need to always try and see how we can unify people, how we can bring about harmonious relationships. And I think uh, for everyone of us out there, uh, yeah, this is what makes us as Muslims and Mu'mins. And Alhamdulillah, we want to display our goodness. We want to display our harmony, our love, our unity through the various works and initiatives and, and, and uh, things we do in helping people, helping humanity, assisting humanity and improving the lives of so many people. You know, I was reading the other day, the one of the best ways to satisfy oneself is to satisfy another person. One of the best ways to satisfy yourself is by satisfying others. And what a powerful statement, subhanAllah. Karizian Patel, it's been lovely 
sitting with you, interviewing you. And I hope the viewers and listeners of Ilmfeed have enjoyed today's program. Um, guys, I hope to have you again in the studio soon. Inshallah, hopefully. Uh, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, I think Ilmfeed, inspiration feed. So hopefully <laughs> we'll be back here again. Well, you know, I've got a strong history with the UK, you know, I mean... Uh, I was studying for a while at University of Liverpool and you know we've been coming up and down so 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 frequently so I have a very very special spot and love in my heart for the people of UK and I always made dua Allah allow us to frequent this place not for the weather <laughs> more so well of course yes for the snow let me put it that way but more than anything else it's for the hearts of the people because the hearts of people here are so warm so it's as if all the the the, the warmth from the weather went into, into the hearts of the people so, um, and uh, <laughs> that's why we love the people here so much Jazakallah khairan for the opportunity uh, we made dua for Allah, to Allah Azawajal that he allows uh, ilm feed well, I, I hope the, 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 the brothers don't mind me call it inspiration feed uh, Allah take them from, uh, from strength uh, to strength Ameen. and uh, maybe, uh, maybe collectively uh, together see how best we can serve humanity and the creation of Allah Azawajal Ameen before you do go Karajad if somebody wants to follow you on social media if you can just give out your account details uh, Subhanallah <laughs> well uh, Alhamdulillah okay it's at uh, Qari Ziyad Patel that will be Twitter that will be for Instagram and uh, for Facebook as well and uh, now and again whatever is in the heart we try and manifest it out into our social media posts and whoever reads it we ask Allah Azawajal uh, to give them some goodness from it and whatever we do post Allah allow us to post it with a high level of sincerity. So viewers, there you go. That was Gary Ziad Patel from South Africa, mashallah, at the Ilm Feed Studios here. We hope to have him again very, very soon. Jazakallah for watching and listening. May Allah Almighty reward each and every one of you. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.